Hey, welcome in Stinkin' Truth Podcast alongside Mike Evans. I am Mark Schler, Millennial Ben, producing the show. Got a lot to talk about. Want to talk uh, or want to thank our presenting sponsor, the great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet with a winner, bet with Bet Rivers. Download the app, check them out at betrivers.com. Also, Stinkin' Good Green Chili. Um, you can check us out at stinkinggood.com. Um, and uh, I tell you, pork, chicken, vegetarian, the queso dip, you're absolutely going to love it. Stinkinggood.com. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Uh, how many times did you cringe during the Deshaun Watson introductory press conference? Oh, my God. Well, it's not only the press conference. And the press conference was cringeworthy, to be sure. But then all of a sudden, um, they get, they released these these uh, depositions. The video depositions were released. Did you see any of these? Saw some of them, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you want to talk about, like, I know we're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. Like, if I'm the, if I'm Cleveland, I mean, I made the investment, right? I'm, like, going to Deshaun going, dude, like, settle. Start cutting checks. Settle these 22 cases because the more time you spend in front of the camera or in front of a deposition, the worse it looks. There was one that I was watching where during the course of the interview, the um, lawyer that was deposing Deshaun was like, okay, so explain to me why you intimated that you were in New York City basically throwing tweets out there on your social media that basically, you know, led people to believe that you were in New York City while you were driving 60 miles away for a massage with an unlicensed Instagram model and you're bringing your own towel to the, to the, like, like, does that not look bad? I plead the fifth. I cannot answer. You know, I mean, it like it was. It were like, oh gosh. It doesn't imply that there was assault committed, and that's no. that's what the issue of. I mean, if the guy just looking to go get his freak on, I guess that's yeah. that's one thing. But the problem is, is that it, the optics just aren't good. No, they they're, aren't good, and they're they're kind of like Browns. What are you doing? Right. The and the Brown. I mean, the, I know what the Browns are doing. You know, they did their due diligence. They uh, interviewed Deshaun for thirty minutes. They felt good about it. <laughs> like, right? Like, How's they, the arm? Yeah, yeah, right. right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, for me, like, I get what they're doing. They're like, hey, man, we're gonna live with some short-term pain for long-term gain, and that long-term gain is once this dude starts throwing touchdown passes. Once he starts, you know, putting up big yardage games and we're winning, people are just going to go like, ah, you know, it was a much to do about nothing. Look how good he is, right? And that's that's kind of direction that, that they're going to go down. Well, we kind of, you know, I've been talking about this for a while because here in Denver, there was always the possibility that they might try to trade for him. And how would that be received? And that was always my reaction. Like, they'll be the natural uncomfortable, awkward feeling there for a mm-hmm. while. People, there'll be protests and folks will come out and say, I'll never root for this team again. Sure. I'm giving up my seat. But you you know that ultimately what matters is if the guy starts throwing touchdowns and you, you start winning games, now it becomes a redemption story. And so I was kind of, I'm not saying I was laughing at it, but I was, I was struck by the irony as I was watching that on Friday, last right. Friday was, 
And the reaction coming out is like, see, this is exactly what I told you. And it, it, it went exactly the way we thought it would go. And the Browns knew this. And the Browns are just going to ride it out for a while, knowing that once he starts to throw touchdown passes and the Browns win, it'll all turn. Yeah, they knew. I mean, they knew that they were just going to get eviscerated in the national media and the local media. You know, they're, they're never going to win that court of public opinion. Um, yeah, they're never going to win in the court of public opinion, but they just know that eventually, after, you know, a suspension and after, you know, he clears up the civil suits, eventually people will people will look at that and look at the touchdowns and and they'll forget about all the other stuff that was part of his background and you know i mean that's that, that's what they're that they're banking on i here's the thing about the national football league that like i found i just i just find hilarious like you know where they dig their heels in like where they're going to make their stance right hey uh We've reviewed the uh, taunting calls over the course of the season in the owners meeting and um, there will be no significant change. You know, we don't like the message that taunting sends to the youth of America. Meanwhile, (laughs) we will give the biggest contract, the biggest guaranteed money in the history of the National Football League to a guy who has 22 civil suits pending for uh it's not assault but it's sexual misconduct or whatever it like i i don't know what the term is but that that that's okay that guy gets 230 million dollars fully guaranteed that's okay but this taunting thing our youth cannot uh you know they cannot be they can, we cannot allow our youth to think that taunting's okay now ejaculating during a excuse me during a massage you know, with an Instagram unlicensed model is A-OK by us. At least you used a scientific term right. there. So that's, I, that's, a, that's good. I, I appreciate you going there. I uh, just, but seriously, <laughs> like, no, you're what, right. You're what right. Are we, what are we oh, doing? Think, yeah, the mixed messages are just, the, the, the hypocrisy of it all is is amazing. What it, what it all boils down to is talent wins out at the end of the day, especially at the quarterback position, but the contract. To, once you move past the the morality and the character debate about it. Then you look at the contract. How do you think NFL teams, other NFL teams feel about the contract that Cleveland gave out to the, to Deshaun Watson? Oh, I think they're pissed. Did you see, did you see what uh, the, the owner, Steve Bashotti said of, uh, of the, uh, the Ravens of, of the contract He's like, well, this just definitely complicates things. Right. <laughs> yes. It definitely, I think they're pissed. I, you know, you know, it's going this way. It started, you know, it started with Kirk cousins and you know, Kirk cousins, like, Let's face it. Kirk Cousins is two percent milk. That that's what he like. It's fine if that's the only thing you have to dip your cookie in. But you'd rather dip your cookie in whole milk. Everybody would, right? By the way, are we talking about a real cookie here, like, or yeah. are you like? No, you no, know, no, 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 no. Okay, I'm talking about I'm a real about cookie. Real, okay, I like didn't know if that was to, a... if you were like to <laughs> delineate where quarterbacks kind of line up. Uh huh. There's you know. The unicorn quarterback would be heavy whipping cream. Like, Ooh, yes. You love, like, heavy whipping cream is just delicious, right? Yeah. You love heavy cream. And then so there's maybe two or three of those guys, right? And then it goes to half and half. And there might be four or five of those guys. And then you go whole milk. Those are, ours are, those are guys that are, are still franchise guys, but they need a team around them. Then it's 2%. That's where Kirk Cousins and everybody else is. And then 
you know, it's it's one percent, which is what we one percent is those bottom tier guys that like, okay, we can get by with that guy, but we're always looking for somebody better. You know, the the two percent like is like we can win with that guy, but we really need a team around. And him. then if you have Sam Darnold as your quarterback, that's that's you know, that's one percent. That's powdered milk with water. Right, right, exactly. That's that, powder. That's, that's powder, not even powdered milk. Yeah, well, and, then, and then skim is just like skim <laughs> so milk the, is the just stink, water disguised as milk. I love it. This is the stink quarterback milk model. Yeah, the the, the milk, sliding scale of milk. The sliding scale, and maybe we just make the unicorns like half and half, yeah. and then we go down to uh-huh. you know half and half to oh, no, whole I milk. Like the whipping cream, that's just heavy whipping, whipping cream. cream. I love Tom Brady heavy, whipping, heavy cream. whipping cream, man. Right. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So that's kind of where I go <laughs> on my quarterback scale. So. Kirk Cousins is two percent. Yeah, you, like you like him, yeah. he'll win you some games. You know, I mean, yep. but if it's, I mean, if if it's one of those nut cutting game time, like you don't want Kirk Cousins. That's not the guy you want, right? So that that's kind of where we are. And then you know, skim milk is is that it's it's water disguised as milk, and you need to get rid of that guy asap. So but, there you go. But if you are, if you're the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. If you're the Cardinals with Kyler Murray, heck, even here, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, sure, with the Broncos, is is all of a sudden now is is the Deshaun Watson deal the new benchmark? Because if it is, we've always known guaranteed contracts were coming, but this accelerates the timetable, doesn't it? Absolutely. You know, I was doing. Uh an event this week in Arizona, State Farm Stadium, packed house. 70,000. 70,000 strong. Oh, That's right. Me on the dais, <laughs> big screen, a pumping. <laughs> um, but I was doing a, an event. I was at State Farm Stadium. Significantly less people. Yeah, folks. we were in a back room, so... <laughs> It was, and it was standing room only. It was, but in that back room, room. yeah. (laughs) But I was doing an event there for my good friends at uh, Body Armor, and Kyler Murray is one of their spokespeople. And you know, now all of a sudden, you know, the beginning of the season, things are the beginning of the off season. You know, where he stripped his Instagram account and took off all the Arizona. Like they're okay now, but I wonder if they're okay now because all of a sudden there's a new market been set. Right now, it's all of a sudden like like. I didn't want to wait for a new contract. I want one now to where you're going, oh, wait, fully guaranteed contracts for five years and $230 million? And the first seven weeks of the season, I was considered the MVP favorite? Okay. You know what? Maybe good things come to those who wait. Maybe it's changed my perspective a little bit on what's realistic or what I should expect. Maybe now, because of this contract, instead of being pissed at Arizona, I can look at them and go, Dude, there's hey, you know what? When I really wanted the contract, you probably should have stepped up because now it's going to cost you twice as much. So interesting how that game, you know how how the scales shift, right? And Deshaun Watson started that. I, I mean, I look at Russell. You mentioned Russell Wilson here in Denver. Oh wait, well, if it's fully guaranteed, so are on the table for five or six years. Okay, I'm in that. I'm into that. I like that. You talk about Kyler Murray for, you know, all these guys. Here's the other thing. Think about this offseason, how crazy this offseason has been. 
So you don't like where you're at? You can force your hand and get traded, i.e. Russell Wilson. You know, you can, I mean, the money, the flexibility, the movement. We've got Matt Ryan going to Indy. You know, we've got we've got Wentz going to Washington. We've got Russell going from Seattle to Denver. At what point were franchise quarterbacks just like having tours around the league mm-hmm. for trades? It's just it's crazy to me. We got Baker Mayfield without a home, although Cleveland's saying we're not going to get rid of him and he wants to go and, you know, and I, it just is, it's insane. So NBA has a, a salary cap, mm-hmm. doesn't stop them from giving out $240 million guaranteed contracts. Baseball doesn't have a cap, but as we've learned, they have a luxury tax. Luxury but tax, that doesn't yeah. stop them from giving out $350 million deals, all guaranteed. So why has the NFL been so fearful of going down this guaranteed contract road? It has to do with the the uncertainty of the NFL player and the injury history. The, the like, if you play in the NFL, you're going to get hurt. That's a hundred percent probability. Like, the, is probability the right word? A hundred percent. It's a guarantee. Yeah. You're going to get hurt. And so, the other thing that happened when it comes to full guaranteed contracts is, you know, the NFL ownership. You know, with this these staunch, you know, businessmen. We're like, if we give these players fully guaranteed contracts, they are going to roll over. You know, they're not going to play anymore. Right. And um, that may be true for a very small percentage of players. But most players are motivated to play this game because they play this game. Because they're football players. Because they love football. And so I think it's the injury slash are you still going to be motivated to play a game in which you know you're damaging yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's, you guarantee it. Well, like I've always said, part of playing this game is not only playing hurt and injured, but playing well hurt and injured. Well, if your money is fully guaranteed, or all of a sudden you're going to say, yeah, you know what? Knee's a little tender today. Yeah. I'm going to take another week or two yeah. off. I, I think that's a, a fair concern. That's why I don't think guaranteed contracts are coming anywhere anytime soon to the other positions. But quarterback, right. it makes sense, especially once you've identified that you got one of those special ones. Mm-hmm. You know they're already kind of a different breed. And quarterbacks, how many quarterbacks have these consecutive game streaks that that matter to them. Yeah. It, it going to the post every week seems to matter to these guys. So it just seems to me that with the importance that we've placed on the quarterback, the desperation that we've placed on finding that quarterback step forward, Cleveland is that once you got a guy, you know, giving him a guaranteed contract, who cares? Like if, if, if the Broncos now sign Russell Wilson to a six year, $240 million contract, mm-hmm. fully guaranteed. I'd be like, okay, good. That right. seems like good business to me. Yeah, like, I, w- I would. I wouldn't bat an eye. I wouldn't either. And I, I don't share the same fear the owners and and I think a lot of the fan base share. Like, here's the biggest thing: 
for me from an ownership standpoint with the excuse, if you will, of, well, if I give him this big Garrett fully guaranteed contract, he's just going to roll over, you know, or he's not going to play hurt or all these things. So it's like the biggest issue I have with that mentality is it, it's typical. And, and why I say that, it, it's typical of the owners because you know what you don't want to do? You don't want to do your due diligence, right? You don't want to take that risk on. And the problem with you as owners is you have a really hard time. Like you're your own worst enemy. And to me, fully guaranteed contracts are fine, but it requires you as an organization to know exactly who your players are. So it requires a deeper level of commitment and understanding and relationship that you have never had to have. Because if you have that, you know the guys that you can give the money to and you know the guys. Like, there are guys that are intrinsically motivated that no matter what happens to them, they're always going to play their ass off because they're football players. And then there are those guys who are extrinsically motivated. They like the cars and they like the houses and they like the celebrity and they like the women and they like the... And it is your responsibility from ownership as an owner to know who you're giving that money to. And so it throws it right back on you. And you know how owners are. I mean... They, they, That's a lot of work. Yeah, they just they, <laughs> they don't want that responsibility. I don't know, because, just be able to take a chance on a guy, high upside, r- high risk. Right. But hey, if it doesn't work, I can cut his ass after a year. Yeah, because right? I got right. It, it, all those contracts are structured that way. Yeah. It's like, hey man, there's a, it's a two year commitment, but you know we've got outs over here and outs over there, and da 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 da, and we can dump this yeah. guy like. That's how the contracts protect are me made. from myself. Yeah, protect me from myself exactly. Yeah, and. This, this you don't have, when you start talking about fully guaranteed long-term contracts, you don't have protection from yourself. That's right. Let me ask you this really quick. I just, owner's meetings. Owner's meetings happen, and, you know, we get the goofy coach's picture every year and all that kind of stuff. But one thing that came out of, came out of ownership, the overtime rules. Yeah, I was just, dude, great minds. I was all just right. saying, I have not seen a topic that has generated as much heat lately like the debate over overtime. Right. So for those who haven't heard, they're going to keep the overtime rules the same way they are in the regular season. You win the coin toss, Mm -hmm. you go down, you score a touchdown, ball game over, other team never gets the ball. Which is, by the way, which is about, I think it's about a 58%. The team that wins the coin toss in the regular season this is over a hundred and whatever games over the last, however, whenever they implemented this rule, um, the team that wins the coin toss is only winning at about uh, like fifty eight percent clip. Okay, so it's almost fifty fifty. But in the playoffs, I think it was ten out of twelve teams that have won the coin toss won the game. So they've changed it for right. the over uh, for overtime rules for the postseason. Mm-hmm. Each team is guaranteed to get a possession. And then after that, if it's still tied, then we revert back to the classic sudden death overtime rules. 
How do you feel about him? I didn't think the rule needed to be changed because I am one of those guys that believes in in being a complete football team. So my thought is, hey, your defense goes on the football field. Don't piss down your leg. Get a stop. Hold them to a field goal. It's hard to drive 75 yards for a touchdown. Now, maybe the reason that the overtime is different is because when you get to the playoffs, you, you're facing elite-level quarterbacks, right? So why not give both elite-level quarterbacks an opportunity with the ball? My thought, though, is what happens? Okay, now you're satisfied. But what happens three years from now when your team loses on the second possession that is that is sudden death? And you're like, well, my quarterback didn't get another opportunity. Why do they get two and we only get one? And, you know, and on and on it goes. Um, I had somebody reach out to me. This is, this is a question for you. So somebody reached out to me and said, well, it brings strategy into it now. And I'm like, what do you mean strategy into it? Now, just like at the beginning of the game, you can defer. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Are you going to get, like, at, in overtime, if you win the coin toss, are you going to defer? Like, you don't, get the, you don't get the double up. The reason they defer is because if you, you have the ball at the end of the first half, based on what the possessions go, end of the first half, and you can score, you can possess the ball at the end of the first half, and then you get the opening second half kickoff, you're basically saying, hey, man, if we possess the ball for, let's say, five minutes at the end of the first half, and we end up, let's call it a field goal. So we end up with three points there, and then we get the ball coming out of halftime, and we put a seven-minute drive together, and we either score a touchdown or or we score uh, three points. Now we've had... Six, you know, we put on six unanswered points or or ten unanswered points, and your offense hasn't actually seen the field in real time fifty five minutes. So now your offense is cold and they haven't executed any plays, and so that's the purpose. That 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 doesn't happen in overtime. So how many how many you you win the coin toss in overtime, and your your team is lubed up, and you've been playing for sixty minutes. How many teams are going to defer and say, yeah, we want our defense on the field? Well, it, it, it depends. And then actually, here's where there is some strategy because, okay, let's say um, the other team just went down the field, put together a long drive, and scored to force overtime. Okay. All right? Um, if I win the coin toss, I want my offense to go out there because my defense is gassed. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, flip it around. Um, maybe I – I just went down the field and scored to force overtime. My defense has been sitting over there for the last five, six minutes. They're, they've gotten a, a blow. They're, they're they're kind of fresh, refreshed. Let let me win the coin toss, and let's send that defense out on the field. After your offense just put a drive together to score? No, you want your offense back out there against the tired defense. Okay, a strategy. Right. Or right. I could look at it that this way, I've got a rested defense, and I can now I'll have an idea of knowing exactly what I need to do Based on what the other team does with their possession, now I know exactly what I'm going to need to do, and maybe that affects my strategy. So the only time, and this is just me, you know, I mean, and I could be wrong, um, the only time I could ever see a coach deferring in overtime, in overtime is if it's like that New England Buffalo game we saw where the wind is just mm-hmm. swirling and uh, it's the, yeah 
We right. want this end of the field. We did that. We we actually played a game in Buffalo where we went into overtime and we deferred and kicked off to the Buffalo Bills because of exactly that. Mm-hmm. Weather, it was cold, snowy, and windy. And we made them go into the wind. We stopped them. We got the ball back. And I think we kicked a, you know, a 35, 40-yard. We had to get a couple first downs to kick a Jason mm-hmm. Elam field goal to win it. But that was in a time where even a field goal by the Bills beat you. Yeah, they, sudden, you still, that was sudden death. Yeah, yeah. And we still kicked off. Still kicked but that off. was weather-related. Right, that would right. be the only time right. that I think in a playoff game you would do that. That you would defer and you wouldn't take the ball and try to score first and put the pressure on the other team. That that would be my guess. I don't know that, but that would be my guess. So we'll see how that plays out next year. Uh, big news that we're, we're on the day we're taping this just came out this morning. Bruce Arians stepping down. Yeah. Now that led to a lot of immediate speculation that Tom Brady had a part of this. That Brady and B.A. don't necessarily get along and that if you wanted Brady to come back and play for Tampa – this was the move you had to make. You've known Bruce Arians a long time. Mm-hmm. In fact, you texted with him this morning. Yeah. You you believe his motives are much more altruistic and authentic. Yes. Yeah. I, I look. Bruce is, you know, Bruce is the first guy at Virginia Tech. He was a quarterback. First white player to room with a, a black roommate. You look at his coaching career, Bruce has always had offensive assistants, offensive coordinators, defensive assistants, defensive coordinators, minority candidates. He has always been about promoting minority candidates. He's always been about um he's always been about being forward thinking that way. Like Bruce is one of those guys, you know, where coaches stay, you know, till midnight or one o'clock in the morning and this that. Like he wants his coaches to go home. We don't have to do it this way. But Bruce has a policy that if you if your kid has a like a you know, your kid's in grade school or high school and has a, you know, uh some type of like play, recital play or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. Recital, whatever it is, if you miss it, you're fired. We'll get by without you today. Like he's he's very forward thinking. He's the first guy that's ever hired a female coach full time on a staff. Like this is how Bruce is. And one of the things that I've talked to him about over the years, and he and I have a good relationship. Now, listen, there's no question that he and Brady butted heads. But everybody who's ever played for Bruce Arians is gonna butt heads because that's how Bruce Arians is. He's he's gonna challenge you that way. And he's gonna coach you hard. Um, so there's no question there was I don't want to call it animosity, but they went back more. And I've talked to Brady. I've done six, seven Tampa games, man. Brady has been like, oh, you know, they, we laugh about the relationship that he and Bruce has. And, and and I think he's got a really good relationship with Bruce. But Bruce has talked to me about how it bothered him that that Byron Lefwich has not gotten um, the credit for really coordinating that offense. From a game planning standpoint to a calling plays on Sunday standpoint, that people point back to Bruce, and and that bothers him. So you know, I believe his legacy more than anything else is a Super Bowl winning championship coach and assistant and all those things. His legacy is more about the promotion of minority candidates. And Todd Bowles has been a good friend and a great coach, and 
and um, and Byron Leftwich. So I think there's a lot of altruistic aspect to Bruce stepping down and moving into the front office. And if that's the case, and the way you just laid it out, no reason to think it's not, then that's awesome. That's great. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a I'm, great. I just that's the man that I know. That's awesome, man. It really is. And so, yeah, listen, I I don't know if I, I just highly doubt that Brady said if Bruce like that Brady would go. If Bruce would walk away, then I'd come back. But I, I just don't, I don't necessarily buy that. So that, that from either guy, yeah, yeah, I don't. So anyhow, Bruce, great dude, man, has had a unbelievable career and um, really has, uh, really has been one of the leading figures when it comes to promoting and and hiring and advancing minority candidates and i appreciate that about bruce hey listen appreciate you guys for listening to the stinking truth podcast for the great folks over at bet rivers bet with a winner bet with bet rivers download the app check them out at betrivers.com also for uh stinkinggood.com all your green chili needs check us out stinkinggood.com for everything you need for mark or excuse me i am mark for mike <laughs> i am mark for benny we'll talk to you next week